Welcome to Par Talk, the show built for new golfers to find the answers they're looking for. I'm your co-host, Will. It is a balmy, like 15 degrees here in Cincinnati today as we record this. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about winter golf. Uh, Michelle, Matt, how are we doing this week? Are we excited to talk about winter golf? Yeah, good. A little cold. A little cold here too, 26 degrees. That's cold. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that's yeah. cold. Would you go golfing uh, if it was 26 degrees out? No. Gosh, that's a really good question to start off with. But Michelle says no. Michelle, That's a hard no for me. Michelle, you want to talk about your experience with winter golf? Yeah. Well, if we want to jump right into numbers and temperature, I before my winter golf experience, I was like, mm, yeah, 50 degrees, that's my limit. Oh, below, 50 degrees. Okay. Yeah, below that, I'm not interested. Yeah, we're going straight into well, the numbers here. All right. Nice. Yeah. yeah, but did I... That seems reasonable. Did I do that? No. I went out there when it was low 40s, wind chill in the high 30s, <laughs> and yeah. so I have oh, officially wow. winter golfed. Hell yeah. Yeah. Nice. I um, assume no snow or anything, right? No, 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 no. Definitely yeah. not. Not yet. So, Matt, I'm assuming you have no winter golf under your belt. That is correct, unless you consider going to Putt Shack uh, over the weekend, uh, which is an indoor mini golf course. Nice. How was that? Was that fun? Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was good. It's, it went by really quick. Uh, I feel oh. like it could have used an eight, 18 holes instead of the nine holes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nine holes in yeah. mini golf. How, that takes you really like, short, yeah. like 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were like prepared for like an afternoon out and it ended up being like half an hour of mini golf. <laughs> That's pretty funny. We, um, mm. A friend of mine went to a mini golf place recently. This is actually probably a good wintertime golf activity. It's fun. Everybody can do it. Uh, he went to a place recently with his in-laws and i'm pretty sure they had like five 18 hole golf mini golf courses inside this like warehouse oh nice and i was wow. like that sounded awesome um yeah but i have the place i went to is similar it had four courses or uh yeah four courses but it was so packed you have to book in advance and like we only booked for one <laughs> one course so it's not like you can finish that and then go browse around and join another unfortunately yeah that sucks um yeah well, I think it leads us to kind of a the philosophical question. Now, we have three stages mm. of winter golf, right? Like I am the golf addict, played a lot of winter golf. Michelle's sort of played once or twice in the winter. Matt, obviously not at all. Hey, yep. I, I think before we get to some of the temperature-based discussions, which are coming, I think <laughs> there's sort of a philosophical question about winter golf that's worth discussing mm-hmm. um, is sort of what's the point, especially for people, yeah. let's call it who live above the Mason-Dixon line, right? Like if you're in the South <laughs> yeah. and, or at the, on the West Coast for a lot of the West Coast, like winter golf like isn't a thing. It's just – You just keep golf. Yeah, you just keep going. It's yeah. just golf. Like when we lived in North Carolina, like the, the season was a year long. The, they didn't have the, – the handicap window didn't close. Um, oh, the conditions cool. were not as good, but mm-hmm. you know, you're still playing golf. The weather's mostly fine. Um, mm-hmm. but in the Northern parts of the country where we live, where you live, um, it's different, right? So it's more of a yeah. proper off season, especially in place, places that get a lot of snow. Um, yeah. and so I think the question really should be like, what is the role of winter golf for golfers? Um, and my take on it is like anything in this game it's highly personal right so mostly though i think the role should be about like improvement and just and maintenance at the very least um Mm -hmm. i think winter golf you can't take it too seriously and we'll talk a little bit about that when we get into like 
how to play well in the cold, what course conditions are like, but you can't take it too, too seriously. So you have to sort of focus on um, the little things that like you can control because the course is going to be not the same way as it will be in June, but your swing is your swing. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit like my philosophical take on winter golf is like you can't take it too seriously, but you have to use it as an engine for improvement or maintenance on your own game. Um, but what do you guys think of that? Does he think this like because, you know, this philosophy, I think, can guide how you interact with the game during the winter. Um, yeah, I think for me, living where we live, I would say that it's more maintenance would be my goal if I can get away with it. Right. If it's above freezing and I can get out there and golf, then I'm just trying to maintain whatever skills Mm -hmm. I had. Because the course conditions are so different, I don't think I had really thought about it as like this huge improvement opportunity, but I guess. Which like there are some people who kind of treat it like, you know, every time you get on the golf course in the winter, it's just kind of cherry on top. It's gravy. It's extra. It's not right. Yeah, it's nothing to nothing it's to bonus do. round. Yeah, it's bonus so, round. It's a, it's yeah, whatever plot. you get in addition is extra. Yeah, yeah. Um, is that how you're kind of thinking about it, Maddie, as a as a brand new beginner? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I was thinking. I mean, I'm not as competitive as as you two. I don't think. And so part of the reason I like golf is just the the whole experience of it, like being outside on mm-hmm. a nice day and. Uh, you know, getting to see nature and stuff. And I wonder how much of that is preserved uh, going out in the winter. Sure. So I do like going hiking and stuff in the winter. So I probably would enjoy that aspect as much, just in a different way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious I, if you still enjoy it. Yeah, I did I did feel that to an extent where I was like, it's nice to be outdoors and get fresh air when we've been cooped up inside. So That's true, yeah. That's a good I, point. I actually did enjoy the the outdoors Mm -hmm. even though it was kind of overcast and cold but got you outside and got you moving yeah um Mm -hmm. i'm gonna reorder our our little agenda here gang while we do this live and i think we should talk about course conditions as as our next topic because i think um this is a key part of what we've just sort of touched on Mm -hmm. with this idea of like how to feel about it because um, and Matt, maybe this is like sort of an education because you haven't actually been able to get out there on, on a yeah. golf course in the winter. But and Michelle, I, do I think an opening you can question speak for to this. But Matt, well. do you have a question on it? Yeah, just just to go bring us into the course conditions. Um, I kind of assumed that most courses would be closed mm, <laughs> during the yeah. winter. Is that I don't know. Is it is there a general rule that most do stay open as long as the conditions are clear? Like, how does that? Is there a standard? Um, rule or anything yeah it's a good question i bet you in boston the vast majority are closed proper for the winter and that might even be just like december january february um it could be longer but i have a feeling that that's that is the case because they have just no way of maintaining the golf course yeah um Mm -hmm. but there might still be some that are open um certainly where we live in cincinnati it's more of a day by day thing because some courses, some courses, you know, they see certain temperatures or certain conditions and they'll shut it down um, rather than a blanket closure closure for an extended period of time. Um, yeah, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So it, it, that means I might not be able to play winter golf, even if I wanted to, is that, 
I mean, you I'll might, have to look it up. I you suppose, might not be but. able to. You should look it up, especially like if you get one of those rogue 50 degree days. I'd be very mm-hmm. curious what you see on some of your. If some of the courses websites. would open yeah. for that time. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 Um, Keep an eye out. Because in the end, right, like public courses are in the business of making money whenever they can. And yeah, I have I have a feeling they all have full-time staff, right? So people to staff the course mm. during, you know, the winter anyway, um, mm-hmm. at least from a maintenance perspective, because they still have to keep it in, in shape so it gets ready for the, sp- the spring and summer. Um, yeah. So I'd be curious. You'll have to take that as a follow-up for us as a, yeah, a future uh, episode. Give you guys an update next time. Um, but from a course conditions perspective, the biggest things that you can are going to really run into in the winter um, is like the wet, soggy ground. Sort of mm-hmm. no matter what your golf course, uh, what turf conditions you have, what kind of soil you have, um, courses just start to get wet and they stay wet uh, because they it's not warm enough. It's not sunny enough. There's not enough daylight um, to dry them out. And so I would say the number one wintertime course condition is wet. Wouldn't you okay. agree, Michelle? Okay. Based um, on our experience out there last couple weeks ago. I was going into it expecting it would be more wet. Well, it's, it, was, it, it wasn't January oh, really? February yet. Yeah. So because <laughs> oh, I feel like Will had told me, like, expect <laughs> the conditions to be <laughs> wet. And then it wasn't. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but probably something to be prepared for and yeah. normal expectation. Yeah. And then I think another piece of it is um, it's not going to be quite as perfectly maintained. Right. So they mm. um, a lot of grasses are dormant during the winter. So they're not like mowing it. So it gets maybe a little rough around the edges. Um, the greens are usually a little uh, slower and the grasses are a little longer on the greens because they oh, yeah. they're not rolling them and mowing. They're not taking heavy equipment out onto this wet Mm -hmm. grass Mm -hmm. um so those are some of the big things and then um that leads us to some problems right that you run into pretty common does it change what you do if you make a divot or if you you got to replace them that's a really important part is to replace them um because even if you fill them with sand they'll just stay filled sitting there with sand for the whole whole winter um yeah so replacing them is much more important um Hmm. same thing with the ball marks that you make on the greens those will scar basically if you don't uh uh, if you don't sort of fix the indentation that your ball has left um so that's a good call out um so you got to be a little more gentle with the course yeah you have to yeah exactly and i think another caution exactly and so like for courses that are that are open like a good example of this is they will move around um t markers on a regular basis because otherwise, if a golfer is just taking the same – a tee shot from the same spot all winter long mm-hmm. – and this is true in the summer, but even worse in the winter. Um, just be bald. Yeah, they'll just – exactly. It'll turn into a little mud spot basically. Kind of like wow. uh, if you look back to like the 60s and 70s uh, like goalkeeper spots on, on oh, yeah. soccer oh, yeah. fields where it's just like turned into yeah. this patch of mud. Um, yeah, and then another thing mm-hmm. that they will often do – is on greens they will on some courses we had this actually in north carolina they would uh they they'll pre-cut a few hole locations so they'll cut it and then they'll put a little um i don't even know like temporary cover 
on top of it so that they can move the hole between oh. locations on a green throughout the winter without having to make new cuts in the huh. grass. Wait, oh. why do they do that? I think what they do that, that one because they want to be able to move around the, the green. Some places will just put the the flag in, uh, the hole in one spot all winter long and never move it. Mm-hmm. But I think a big piece of it is because when they do like make those new cuts, they'll, you know, they obviously put a hole in the grass and when they replace it, that, hole that like patch that they're putting back doesn't reintegrate very well it doesn't grow back in together because the Mm -hmm. grass isn't growing right so it'll just sort of look like this weird um empty spot uh or or spot that was a hole uh and has been refilled in but isn't growing back like the others do because on a normal golf course in the summer they're moving the hole every day every other day Um, wait what really yeah I did not know that. I did not know I that either. I thought it was either. the same, I didn't know it was that same place all year long. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, yeah. I knew they moved it around because when you arrive, it'll say, like, the pin position is at location one or whatever. Yep. And then on the map, places. it'll show you, like, what that is. So I knew oh, yeah. they moved it. I didn't realize it was uh, as wow. frequent as daily. At, at a good place, they'll do it every day. Wow. Um, so some guy will <laughs> go out there in his, in his maintenance truck or cart or, uh, and, and drive between every hole and cut a new hole. And they use a tool that basically does a it, – it's like bores a hole like six inches mm-hmm. into the ground, takes up all of the soil as well as that patch of grass. Um, and then you can go to the old hole. So there's always like a – a hole empty, right? Like there's always a yeah. hole in the ground. And so he just moves it around. And that yeah. fill, that fill obviously has to go into the spot. And then, in, and it goes with it is huh. the patch of grass that has been cut with the fill. I, um, and it fills back they in. Must, they must do that so well because I've never yep. noticed any old holes like oh, you around will the green before. Now that you'll okay, walk around, you'll, for it. you'll definitely see it. Um, okay. And the, one of the more fun things that you can do is like you hit a great shot uh, onto a green mm-hmm. and it's right next to an old hole. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, damn, wish the hole was here today. Um, that's one of those good good golf dad joke kind of things that, uh, right. that everybody Everyone does. Everyone says. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, mm. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, hey, you guys learned something today. It's, yeah. a, it's a yeah. beginner yeah. lesson on... Yeah, it's not even winter related. That's just completely. That's just golf. Yeah. It's good to know. All right. Winter rules. So this is, um, in some senses, it's a casual rule, but there is a a local rule that can be in place at golf courses called winter rules. And um, typically what this has to do with is that moisture. And what ends up happening is uh, under the winter rules, so if they say, you know, let's say you're playing in a tournament and they say, hey, all right, winter rules are in effect. Um, mm-hmm. What that means is let's say you hit your, your drive perfectly down the middle of the fairway. You get down there and it is covered in mud. You know, it's sitting perfectly in the grass. You've got the best angle in the world, but it's covered in mud. And you're like, oh, God, that would be terrible if I had to hit that. But winter mm-hmm. rules allow you to lift it, clean it, and place it back down before your next shot. As long as you're in what's called a closely mown area, also known as the fairway, the fringe, and obviously the green. Um, and the you know intent of this, obviously, is to try to give you a little bit of a, a little bit of grace uh, for the fact that, hey, this is wintertime. You would never expect your ball to be covered in mud in the middle of the fairway yeah. any other time of the year. <laughs> so you get a little bit of a uh, a little bit of a, a reprieve 
And another important piece of that is, uh, or another not important piece, but another way that it's often phrased is playing the ball up. Um, so playing it up means you can pick it up in the fairway and clean it off and put it back down. Oh, Sometimes okay. you'll do that after like a rainy weekend in the summer. People will call out, hey, play the, play the ball up today. Um, uh. And versus playing it down, which means playing it down means you can never touch it, um, obviously. Until the yeah. green. Until the green. Um, but if you're in the rough, even if you're in the rough by six inches, this rule does not, you, you do not get to take advantage of this rule. Um, okay. So that puts a premium on being in the fairway in the winters right um and honestly it's because when the ground's so wet right you're gonna you're gonna pierce the earth it's gonna get muddy it's gonna get messy out there so they gotta that affect how the how the ball flies if it's a little bit muddy yeah if there's any dirt or mud on the ball it will definitely fly differently um and a lot of that right if you think about the physics of it right it's just adding weight to the outside of a sphere and it it couldn't possibly spin you know, evenly um, as a result. And um, so you'll see sometimes in PGA Tour tournaments, guys will hit a shot and they'll go, oh, mud ball, because it'll, it'll move weird on them or, or they mm-hmm. want to, you know, they can tell um, a, mm-hmm. a big difference. Um, but if you mm-hmm. look at that guy on Instagram too, you can see it in the, the putts when he putts with, or he rolls the dirty balls oh, yeah, right. um, yeah. and they don't roll quite as well. Uh, his uh, name's uh, Cody something with a K uh, on Instagram, but okay. um, it's a uh, it's worth checking out. Yeah. Um, now Michelle, you've played in the winter. Mm-hmm. What do you think are important skills for playing well in the cold of a winter day? Oh, good question. I was actually going to ask you a question. Sure. Um, are there is there things that you should be thinking about while you're playing, like? The ground is wet, but also the grass is dormant. Like, does that change your approach? Yeah, uh, I think this goes into to think about. I think it goes into sort of a question of like, just think about how like the well one the ground's wet. You're not going to get any roll. In many cases, your ball is going to plug right where it lands, which obviously you would get relief from. Uh, you can take it out of a plugged hole. Um, or it's going to like, I've had it where you, it hits the ground because it has backspin, it spins backwards three feet, right? You're never going to get forward roll in the winter. So you have to plan on that uh, for the most part. Um, Hmm. Cold weather, cold air, ball doesn't fly as far. I think that's a really important thing to consider. Um, When it's hotter, it flies further. It's sort of a, um, you know, this would be beyond my scientific knowledge, but I'm sure it has to do with air density. Mm-hmm. Um, how much? How much less is it? That's traveling? a great question. Yeah. I, I would bet you it's somewhere between five and ten percent less. Um, okay. So likewise, amount. on like a hot day, it's probably like mm-hmm. five to ten percent more than your sixty-five and tiny kind of day. Yeah. Um, huh. And then um, also, just what does your body feel like when it's cold? Mine feels stiff and rigid. Yeah. Yeah. When you're asking me what my thoughts are, I was like keeping your hands warm. Oh yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. seems like a critical step. That's huge for like chipping and stuff. Yeah. Having soft hands and your hands are cold. You're not going to be quite as don't don't have quite the same touch. Right. Yeah. That's a good call. So just doing like a full explosive motion with your full body. Yeah. If you're not warmed up, I feel like it could be. 
you know, you're not going to be as stretched out and stuff. You might hurt even, yourself. Even if you are warmed yeah. up, you've got all these layers on. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's true. Yeah. We're gonna have to that talk about we, we probably can talk about a tire because I think that mm-hmm. is one of the biggest like skills for playing in the cold is knowing how to yeah, dress right. because, yeah. and I have some friends who uh, I played with in North Carolina who will probably remember the story. I remember one like January day in business school, I went out and played golf with, with a, a group of four. We were five, some of us. And mm-hmm. nobody was playing very well as far as I can remember. And it was just cold and kind of shitty and a little, I think it might have even been raining a little bit, which is like tough. Um, and we had, I had a lot of layers on. And I swung and missed on a hole. I went to hit oh, yeah. my drive on the <laughs> sixth hole at Finley Golf Club. And I whiffed. <laughs> and I sort of looked at everybody and everybody looked at me and there was a lot of shock and a lot and I was so mad, right? I'm like I didn't take it well. Um and I um and it was honestly my I've never swung and missed before. Well, I'm probably sure I'm sure I did when I was a beginner, but I haven't swung and missed since and I swear I think it's because wow. I had so many layers on um yeah. that like my body just couldn't didn't move the normal way. Um Yeah, if you're like your arms probably felt like they were sitting in the same position, but because of the layers, they were right. maybe like half an inch or an inch forwards. Totally. Uh, so it was bad. It was yeah. a bad scene. I got made fun yeah. of a lot. Um, I deserved it. <laughs> when I do, when I do that, I just uh, announce practice swing and usually yeah, no yeah. After <laughs> yeah. At some point, Matthew. At some point, you won't be beginner enough to take that excuse. <laughs> uh, well, that's so, why if you had said it. I bet no one would have like batted an eye. Everyone you know, would have been like, "Oh, I could practice." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly how it would have gone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, but that does sort of bode like when you, what you should wear. I, I did not have the right set of layers on, but my typical move now is uh, if it's really cold, like long underwear for sure underneath. Mm-hmm. Like I have these like pair of like leggings basically yeah that like breathable thin yeah. warm layers yeah. underneath yeah. a pair of pants yeah. and then uh and good socks uh and then i do like a base layer i have this like unique low base layer and mm-hmm. i throw a polo on on top of that and then um i have this like lightweight hoodie that i like um okay. or or just a light a lighter um pullover mm-hmm. and then a vest and I yeah oh. I for fall and winter golf would recommend a vest because it leaves hmm. your arms so free range of motion yeah does that not get cold having your arms out like that well because I have it's the base layer layers, I have so. the base layer and then the point, and then the yeah. lightweight hoodie gives me like mm-hmm. two layers on the arms um, and then the vest has pockets so I okay. can tuck into the pockets um, yeah and also walk. Like if you're walking. Oh yeah, don't take a cart. Don't take a cart. You'll freeze. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, you would. Yeah. And so get so cold between holes. If I do, if I do that, I find I can stay pretty comfortable. Um, okay. I've done the and hand what temperatures warmer thing. Would you say I don't know. It's required the hand well, warmer. Well, so my my other question. I know. Sorry, your temperature question. But my other question is, what about like attire rules? So normally mm, yeah. golf courses have fairly strict like. This is what you can or can't wear. Great question. How much does that relax for winter golf? Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, I would say at, at public courses, it probably becomes extremely relaxed. Um, yeah. 
you know, for the most part, they're just happy you're there and they're not going to give you too hard of a time. Some places will continue to have the like no denim, no jeans kind of rule. But I don't think there's going to be a lot of places that will call you out for wearing a hoodie in the winter uh, at a public Mm -hmm. golf course. Um, Private golf courses is a whole different story, right? Like they, I think, will expect, you know, especially places that have rigid dress code Mm -hmm. uh, rules. I think they'll expect you to be in golf-based outerwear, right? So, um, you know, what does that look like? What does that mean? I think is a great question. But, like, you know, if you have a typical, basically any kind of quarter-zip pullover, you're good. I would say hoodies is a little less good, right? It has to be a hoodie that's, quote-unquote, like at our country club, quote-unquote, designed for golf, Um, which to me means it's a golf brand. Uh, or it has a golf logo on it. Yeah. Um, but from a ex- outer, other than that outerwear, you know, I don't think they're going to call you out if you've got like an LL Bean jacket or hoodie or uh, or, or pullover on, you know, or, or Patagonia or something like that. I think that would be fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Shoes. I would say um, this is not necessarily a. Uh, a rules thing but shoes are really important also um, good golf shoes mm-hmm. that one that you're okay getting a little bit muddy and two it's a good time for for traction control so thinking about which golf shoes you have that that give you the best traction oh, yeah. um, so you don't yeah. slip all so over do the you, place do you use ones with like the big cleats on them so i do have i have a pair of spiked shoes and i have a pair of spikeless shoes and i use the spiked shoes more often in the winter they're also black yeah, okay. which helps with the mud, the mud yeah. um oh, yeah. and they're decently waterproof i i don't know golf shoes are not always perfect in the waterproof game but these ones are not bad um okay. but yeah that should get you covered on a tire i think gloves are a question so mark. they sell special yep. gloves of which i have a pair for golfing yeah yep. like uh, instead of you know, normally you just wear the glove on your non-dominant hand. Yeah, the leather glove. Yeah, the leather glove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are golf gloves that you wear on both hands. Yeah. Okay. And I would have been like, oh, if I'm golfing, it's 40 degrees. I need these special gloves. But what I ended up doing that day was I just brought mittens. Yep. And then I wore mittens like between shots. Yeah, so I guess your hands are only exposed for a few seconds. Right. While you take your so, shot. So, and that worked out for me pretty well. Um, okay. But I don't know. I I haven't had a chance to try the fancy gloves. Yeah. I don't, I don't think you need them. I have them. I don't use them very often unless it's really cold. Um, I don't like the way that the club feels in my hand while I have them on, honestly. Um, it's so different. But another thing that I should show you at some point, uh, a product that you can attach to your push cart or to the wheel of a cart cart uh, is like mittens that just attach to things. And so you can slide oh, your hands in and out. Oh, they have those for strollers, yeah. too. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. um, which is, like, hilarious. And they have them, but they have them in, like, Foot Joy brand. It's oh, so funny. Oh, it's so, even, so, so, so like, funny. official golf brand. Interesting. Yeah, I found uh, that very cool. funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now I think we're into the, the critical question. And, Matt, I think you sort of asked it before. You were starting to ask about temperature. How cold yeah, is too I mean, cold, gang? Yeah, what temperature yeah. is the right temperature? Matt, what is your instinct yes. here? Well, you know, I was going to ask gonna, when you I'm were gonna talking about I'm going to pour my the... beverage while, we, while yeah. we think about how cold it needs to be. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you what temperature you normally would wear, what you described down to. Um, but for me, I would guess too cold would be 
uh, I would guess below like 38 to 40. Okay. And you do other, other physical activity outside. I know you do your runs and you do your, your that's what I'm basing it off of is how, how far I'm basing it off of how cold, how, how cold is too cold for generally when I run and I have a little bit of cold induced asthma. So maybe my sure tolerance is a little lower, but I tend to not run outside if it's under 40, sometimes 38. Interesting. Um, what about when you go for a hike? Hiking, I will hike in, well, <laughs> it would have to be pretty cold not to go hiking. I'd yeah. say, you know, below 25, 30. Yeah. We've hiked in some of that kind of cold, but not very much. Uh, Michelle, what's your what's your gut on how cold is too cold? You've played a little bit, obviously. Yeah, I, I played with the wind chill in the high 30s, and that's pretty much it. You did okay? Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, wouldn't go lower than that. <laughs> you wouldn't. Not, okay. Not so it's right on the line. That's the wind chill. That, that was the wind chill. Yeah. So wind chill, high thirties. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that varies, right? That could be, you know, high thirties, sunny, no wind. So or yeah. Low forties mm-hmm. wind. That's a good point. You yeah. brought me to my to my take. <laughs> Perfectly, okay. actually. Um, my take is thirty-five, no wind, sunny. You're good. Okay. I think the minute that you introduce wind, mm-hmm. oh, it gets so much harder. Like, yeah. so, so much harder. Even if it's sunny, but the wind is blowing like a steady 10 miles an hour, you're just going to freeze your butt off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. And so I would add like at least 10 to 15 degrees. Like, if it's, if it's 45 and windy, but mm-hmm. sunny, that's on the line for me. Because um, oh, okay. that wind mm-hmm. is tough, man. You're just... Because yeah. you're just constantly exposed, and unlike when you go for a run, you're not moving enough to yeah, build up like as, a yeah, sweat. That's, you're not that's as what warm I was worried about. as you get yep. when you're running. Yeah, you're yeah. you're warm, yeah. like your core is warm because you're moving, but like you don't have the like your arms aren't thrusting through the like you're not building up the kind of like working up a sweat kind of energy. Um, but if it's 45 and cloudy but calm, totally fine. I think if it's cloudy and you know, like Michelle said, down into the high 30s or around 40, um, yeah. you're okay, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that wind is the thing that can and, – and, and rain, obviously, if you get wet. It's like – Oh, yeah, that's too. definitely a killer. Um, yeah. Which we – Yeah, not I was sure going to say our Scottish listeners – our Scottish listeners must have a lot to t- tell us. As About we're, the rain. We're yeah. saying 40 <laughs> yeah. and rain. Rain and, and no, wind. <laughs> no way. Yeah, rain and wind. I'd love to know their take. DM us yeah. your, your weather take. <laughs> Robbie, yeah. Greg, send us notes. Um, mm. I think, because I do think it's one of those things that like, um, also these these conditions can change on you and then it's like the worst thing ever yeah. when you get caught out in uh, in something you're not prepared for. Uh, but Matt, does that does that surprise you? Or how cold is too cold? Take. Um, yeah, a little bit. It's quite cold, but mm-hmm. it's. I guess it's kind of on par with what I expected. I just think because you're not exercising as hard as like on a run, it does seem a little cool. But I guess you can compensate by wearing extra layers, and if you're walking kind of fast, you know that's a pretty much the same as a hike. Uh, and I think if you just keep moving, I think that's a big piece of it yeah. too. Um, yeah. Yeah. That don't helps. don't yeah. stand still. Play fast. <laughs> Just play fast. Just play fast. Um, and then I, I do think on the other side of this is like the hard thing about not necessarily winter, but like spring and fall is when you get out early enough 
and you're expecting kind of like winter conditions in the morning and it's 40 degrees at 9 a.m. and mm-hmm. you dress for it. And then when it's like 52 degrees at noon, <laughs> you're just sweating. Yeah. yeah. You're just yeah. dying of the yeah. heat. So always layers. <laughs> always layers yeah. so you can get out of stuff. It's huge. Yeah, good call. Also, the the shorts line. I So Chris Crampton, who I play golf with a lot, government names, um, his shorts line, like he will wear shorts when it's 45. Um, 45. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. Uh, I don't know if it's quite 45, yeah, but he yeah. will wear shorts past the line. And there have been many times where I've been jealous of him, though, because he'll like be wearing mm-hmm. shorts when it's 40 at 9 a.m. But by the time it's 1030, I'm sweating yeah. in my pants. So yeah, yeah. I should follow his lead more often on the on the shorts line. Okay. Uh, um, maybe I'll give it a try. <laughs> you, you should. Uh, yeah, we'll you got to get out there on a, on a winter day and well, see yeah. if anybody will take you, first of all. And then, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the first goal. <laughs> Find somewhere. And, and then report back to us on how uh, it goes. All right. Any other winter golf questions, thoughts, topics? I think that covers it for me. I think I just got to get out there and try it and uh that's right report back with any questions or notes and stuff yeah i I agree i was shocked how much i tolerated that low temperature yeah although to be fair i was doing my 36 hole challenge i left that part out when she crushed it so yeah i I mean (laughs) crushed it yeah so clearly but that also affecting your skills too much yeah but that also saved me a lot of shots right and allowed me to have a good amount of time walking with my mittens on because you know i'm i'm walking the entire course up until mm-hmm. i'm i was 25 yards away from the green so oh, good point yeah i, I don't know if it's a, a full take like would i play a full nine at that temperature probably but i i don't know well i think um i think we covered winter golf quite well folks send in your thoughts questions um and we'll we'll cover them on future episodes. But before we go, Matt, I think you've got a beginner question for us. I do. Um, I have a beginner question. And we also have our first submitted um, beginner question that I forgot to mention earlier. Dope! <laughs> um, which I think is something we had discussed on an earlier episode, but it's something that I still get confused about and I couldn't okay. answer right now. Um, I'll start with the submitted question um, from uh, my friend Danny. Who Shout out Danny. is wondering if we could uh, clarify the difference again between we were we were hitting um, I think it was a four hybrid uh, and he was calling them woods and I was just hoping we could get a, another clarification on like what the difference is and good question yeah, yeah. Good it's question. A, yeah. it's a good question because they look so... exactly the same to me and I couldn't I thought I knew the answer to it but when I tried to you know tell him I could not answer. <laughs> Uh, it's a good question. So our uh, our listeners who are in golf manufacturing, of which there are probably none, I would probably correct me with a proper answer. But the way that I understand it is a wood has a larger CC head, right? So it's the size of the head in, in cubic centimeters is larger than a hybrid. And then the next piece is the loft of the club. So for example... Uh, a four hybrid might be a 22 degree club. A nine wood, I think, or a seven wood might also be a 22 degree club. So the the angle oh. of the club is is roughly can can be the same. Depends on the manufacturer, obviously, but the size of the head on the wood is going to be larger. Okay. So um, then, so that that's is confusing to me because why I thought the numbers corresponded to loft so how can you have 
Great follow-up question. <laughs> so the way that they can is because um, hybrids are replacements for irons. So the hybrid mm -hmm. number okay. comes from the iron degree. The woods uh, are based off of the uh, driver, which is technically the one wood, and then works up from okay. there. So it's like driver's the one wood. Theoretically, there's a two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine woods. Likewise, there's a one iron through a nine iron. Um, okay. okay. With that makes their sense. own associated loft numbers. Okay. Awesome. Good follow-up Yeah, question. I think I was definitely missing that key piece of information that it wasn't just like a scale of numbers with different lofts. There's different types. Yeah, That's I don't right. think I knew that. Yeah. And it's a good question, types. too, because this is actually important for beginners as they think about how they build out their bags and what clubs they, yeah. they do have. A lot of people mm -hmm. are are adamant that you – I was even just seeing uh, a guy on Twitter today, Michael Kim, who's a professional golfer, saying, um, you know, no beginner should have an iron bigger than – or most amateurs, frankly, is his point. Not even beginners. Most amateurs shouldn't have irons past six iron, that they should have – a five hybrid, a four, a four hybrid instead of a five iron or, or a four iron, or even mm. those nine woods, seven woods, five woods. Um, because yeah. his his point of view is that they are easier to hit, they're easier to get higher in the air, easier to hit longer, um, and that that will help the amateur much more than an iron will. So something uh, to think about as you as you know you or Danny or somebody else builds yeah. out their bag with what kind of clubs they choose. Um, yeah, you know they can look at those sorts of options. Great question. Yeah, I definitely will. Um, and then I have one last quick question. Mm -hmm. um, that is kind of a personal beginner question, <laughs> uh, but hopefully it will help other people out there. Well, you're the co-host of the show. Have, you're allowed to ask whatever you want. Hey, yeah, <laughs> I am the resident beginner. Um, so this is related to actually the golf gift I got for Christmas, um, which Good. is the putting mat. Yeah. Um, so I've been messing around with it, and I was curious if you have like a routine or if there's like some... You know, I, I can just stand there and putt and try to get it from like different distances, but is there some dedicated way of practice I should be? Uh, I, I know, think one of the biggest things or, that you've got to do is work on your stroke. And so one of the, okay. the drills that people will do is they'll put like on a regular green, they'll put two tees exactly the width of the club head, and then they will putt through those tees, like through a gate, basically. Oh, okay. um, and but what that what that does is it forces you to like to fit it right and to make sure you get mm -hmm. through there um, which is obviously easier said than done but that's what if you have a really consistent and good putting stroke because the ball is right in the middle and if you have a good consistent putting stroke you'll hit the center the ball in the center of the face every time and that's a okay. really important part of consistent putting is making sure you're hitting the center of the face um, mm -hmm. okay. and then another version of that drill is um, extending that out backwards so that you're working on a very even plane of putting stroke so you're not coming too far inside or too far outside um, but I would really just start with that like put you know you could put two um, you know little quarters on the ground or um, yeah. you could put two just something to, so that would indicate yeah, hey I've, I've nicked exactly. the sides basically right okay. like a like a pinball sure. machine boop it like goes off when you hit the sides <laughs> mm -hmm. um okay. and you want to be able to go through there every time without touching the sides okay yeah I'll start and you could that. do that from four feet you don't have to do that you know right. that, that's a putt you could you could putt at nothing and do that okay um mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. it is important to have the ball there because it's 
the ball is like the thing that will be there when you leave the practice screen. Um, yeah. And that's what's important to hit the, the middle middle of the club head with uh, right on that ball so that you have consistent uh, contact every time. Cool. Yeah, I'll definitely give that a try. Send us a video of you now. doing it. That's another cool thing to do is put, <laughs> right, a, sure. put a video down the line, uh, like behind yeah. you, and and you'll just see yourself go through it. Um, it's mm-hmm. good to put your stuff on camera, but selfishly, I want to put it on the Instagram. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll take a video next time. Um, can I just – so what I normally do, you can tell me if this is stupid. Sure. Uh, but what I've done is made a little game out of it where I'll start at like four feet. Uh, each time I sink it, I'll move back an inch on the putting mat. Nice. And so every time I sink it, move back an inch. Every time I miss it, move forward an inch, and then just see how far backwards I can go until I'm you know, hitting 50-50. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, okay. I like that idea yeah, of I mean, sort of like you blow up if you get too far forward, like you failed yeah. if you Yeah, get. yeah. Um, another mm-hmm. version of that could be that um, you hit, you have to hit three in a row from four feet, and then you move back mm-hmm. to five feet. You have to hit three in okay. a row from yeah. five feet. And like if you want to be able to sort of space yourself out at all, I like the one inch at a time yeah. rule. That's kind of fun because um, it's sort of tr- you're tracking Keeps. your own progress. You're like keeping score. Yeah. Um, it might make it easier though because it's you you kind of get a feel the for the power part. yeah right. yeah right I, that's Whereas why i kind of like the three because yeah. yeah you miss the first one that's okay you start over you hit three and then the pressure yeah, turns on a... as you back up to five feet because if right. you you know if you miss it you got to go back to four or something like that yeah um yeah good but i think gamifying to. stuff is a great way to practice otherwise you'll get bored mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah good point. honestly i mean that's how i feel yeah it's, I, yeah. it's like critical to put a game in otherwise I'm just going to like fall asleep <laughs> or just quit frankly it's sort of like when we were talking about our workout yeah. at Orange Theory yesterday I was like I would totally oh, yeah. leave after this part of the workout but yeah we were ready oh, to no. walk out yeah, we're like, yeah we worked out hard enough <laughs> yeah exactly but then I was like oh no I'm going to stay and I'm going to like do the thing that I'm being mm-hmm. asked like sort of the competition to do and it was good yeah so it's a great idea cool. um, awesome. well what are you drinking Thanks. tonight Matthew um, nothing Super interesting. It's something I've had one of the other episodes. Uh, drinking Legend uh, bourbon, which nice. is one of the whiskeys that I've discussed. Didn't like it when I first bought it, but I actually really like it now. I wonder if my palate has changed uh, since we've gotten into scotch and stuff. But Could great be. whiskey. Yeah. How about you? I'm drinking the third whiskey in the Scotland uh, oh, tour yeah, the of whiskeys. Tour. And um, it's a, a, a five-year-old single malt from the Highland, uh, from an island in the Highlands, mm-hmm. the Orkneys. Um, but the I think Orkneys. it's fascinating. The distillery says Orkney undisclosed. So whoever gave them the juice for this little <laughs> kit didn't want you did to not know. want you to know. But I bet you I could back into it because it tells you the cask information, um, which is a uh, hogshead yeah. cask of 225 mm-hmm. to 250 liters. Uh, it's 53% ABV. Um, I have a feeling I could sort of find my way into it if I really wanted to. And frankly, it's delicious. So of the ones we've had so far, it's my favorite. So oh, okay, I cool. um, am going to try to figure it out, try to yeah. do some internet sleuthing. Yeah. If anybody out there has some favorite Orkneys, let me know. Is this the oldest one you've tried so far too from the... No. Uh, there was one that was older. No. The seven year was the last okay. one. This is a five year. This oh, is older years. than the first yeah. one. Um, but okay, I just sort remember of there were some younger ones. Highland hmm. Islands um, is sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I will keep the people updated. Yeah, very interesting. Let me know if you find out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thanks for joining us, folks, 
40, 40, 40 minutes and change into this episode. We uh, hope you learned a little bit of something about winter golf and what to do and how to enjoy it. Um, if you have questions, thoughts, threats, whatever, you can send it to us <laughs> at the Par Talk Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and, you know, when in doubt, just play fast. Thanks, Will. See y'all.